Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, this is Alex and Sam from Tudor Cinema Club. And you're listening to Why Not Radio.
It's Thursday night in Laguna Beach, and that means it's time for another episode of Why Not Radio. I am Josh T. Landau, your host, kicking things off with brand new music from Two Door Cinema Club, a second single released from their upcoming third album, Game Show, which will be out on October 14th. And that one, it's kind of like, oh, did Two Door Cinema Club decide to become the Bee Gees? We'll see how the rest of the album sounds. Uh, But that song is called Bad Decisions. (laughs) We'll see how accurate that title is. Well, do I have a treat in store for you tonight. Most of tonight's show is dedicated to the one and only Shirley Manson from Garbage, who I just recently, over the weekend, had an opportunity to sit down and have a talk with. And I am very excited to share that with you here tonight. We will hear a few more songs first, and then we will get right into that. Let's hear brand new music from Warpaint right now. They're going to be releasing their third album called Heads Up on September 23rd, and just released the first song from it called New Song, appropriately. It's a new song called New Song from Warpaint, here on Why Not Radio at KX93.5.
That was Philadelphia band Mercury Girls, who are going to be releasing a four-way split on August 26th called Continental Drift. And it's, uh, yeah, them and three other bands, The Spook School, Wild Honey, and Tiger Cats, each of them contributing two songs to the split. And that is one from Mercury Girls, which will actually be the lead-off to the whole album, or whatever you want to call it. It's eight songs. That's almost a full album. That song's called Holly from Mercury Girls. Before that, UK band Fickle Friends with their latest single called Crybaby. And Warpaint started the set with new song from their upcoming album, Heads Up. You're listening to Why Not Radio here on KX93.5. And as I mentioned earlier, over the weekend, myself and my good friend and colleague Joey O., got to sit down with Shirley Manson of Garbage before they played in Philadelphia. And we got to kind of gush a little bit because we've both been huge Garbage fans for their entire career, over 20 years now. And we got to talk about that career and about the new Garbage album, Strange Little Birds, over the course of uh, 25 minutes or so that I will treasure forever. We're going to get into that interview right after we hear from Garbage's new album, the single, Empty here on Why Not Radio at KX93.5.
It's Why Not Radio. I am Josh T. Landau, backstage with Joey O. Uh, very exciting to be here because we're here with the one and only Shirley Manson of Garbage. <laughs> Why not? Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much for, uh, for taking the time to chat with us. We've been huge fans for a very long time. Oh, thank so you so much. I really appreciate it. You're someone we've always wanted to get to talk to and we never had. We got Butch and Duke last time we were through Philly, though. Cool. They, well, now you've got me. Yes. Bucket list. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thanks. I know you've been doing, you've all been doing so much press. I feel like I don't go a day without you retweeting some interview from somewhere. So thanks for, for adding us to your list. You're very welcome. It's our, our pleasure. We need all the help we can get, quite frankly. So you're doing us the favor. I figure it's because, you know, you're, you're mostly doing this on your own, right? Stun volume. Yeah, we are doing it on our own label, which obviously complicates our lives enormously. You know, you, it's hard to, as an independent to compete with major label distribution. But... Um, it's just hard in general for musicians to be heard. There's so many bands, so many artists. So, you know, any kind of publicity we can get, we take because we know it's an opportunity for us to get our music out in front of people. And there's so many outlets now too. I mean, there's just so many blogs and stations and websites, just an infinite amount of places to be interviewed. Yeah, nowadays. there's an infinite amount of outlets and an infinite amount of bands and artists all vying for space. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. It does feel a bit like the deluge, you know? <laughs> I just read that interview, the, the, the date you went on with that guy, Dan, yesterday. Dan Ozzy? Yeah. Yeah, that he's my favorite fun. American journalist by a million, million miles. And he's very clever. And um, I, I was curious about him. I, I really lament the days of great music journalism it seems to be a dying art, you know, and, and I really wanted to meet him because I think he's a great music writer and musicians need to be taken seriously nowadays, you know, instead of like silly goofball interviews that last two seconds and, and want to talk about, you know, what character would you be in Game of Thrones? You know, I mean, it, it, it's <laughs> like, it's really kind of disheartening. So, you know, when you meet great writers like Dan, that's really quite special. And he co-wrote uh, Laura Jane Grace's autobiography. He did, and I am currently reading a copy of that, oh. an advanced copy of it, and it is absolutely mesmerizing. I, I was disappointed to come to Soundcheck because I was right in the middle of reading it. It's fantastic, really fantastic. I mean, Laura Jane is such a great writer anyway, and to write with Dan, who's helped her bring this book to fruition, is, is, it's a treat. I'm excited to venture. We saw her do, she did a, like a spoken word slash musical where she read from her journals earlier this year. We got to see her do a little of that. And it was Yeah, I believe she's kept very like detailed journals since she was very, very young. And, you know, she's got, has a fascinating story. So um, that's very sort of on topic right now. You know, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk about gender fluidity and, and transgender. And so it's a fascinating story, but it's also just a great music book. It's about being in a band, what it means, what it takes. So it's a great book for music fans and for anyone curious about gender fluidity. Uh, well, let's talk about being in your band. Oh yeah, I forgot. I'm supposed to be talking about album. my band. Silly me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, congratulations on a great new album, Strange Thank Little you. Birds, your, your sixth record which you know we were saying it, it kind of sounds like a garbage album but without sounding like any of the previous garbage albums and it's it's definitely a kind of moodier thing was that sort of your plan as you started I don't know if it's moody to talk about what's going on in the world right now and the chaos we find ourselves in I mean I, I don't think that's moody personally I think that's just realism and I think we're living in strange challenging complex times and I think we tried to bring some of that to the record and yes yeah, sometimes it gets described as moody but to me mm. it just is a realistic 
adult approach to where we find ourselves right now. Yeah. And uh, vulnerability is another word that keeps coming up, which is usually, I think that that's like the antithesis of how people normally perceive you. Mm. Was that a purposeful attempt to show a different side of yourself? Yes and no. I mean, I think it was more a reaction against how we are all presenting ourselves in social media now and how culturally we've become so intolerant of what we're taught to be negative traits, which I think of as, you know, um, frailty, fragility, um, insecurity, um, all the all these things that we're supposed to, you know, we're not supposed to be vulnerable. We're supposed to be somehow bulletproof. And I just don't think that's how human beings are. And I think we've gotten into a point in our culture where people are being presented as cartoons. And I don't think that's who anybody is in the world. Well, that ties in. We started the interview uh, before we started the interview with Empty, which a friend of ours described it to me basically in two words summed up. It's imposter syndrome, right? Wouldn't that be personally encapsulating what the song is about? I don't know sometimes what songs are about when we write them. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but I just open my mouth and hope something good comes out when we're playing together. And in that, in this case, Empty came out sort of fully formed. I didn't really sit there and think about what it meant. I feel in some ways it's it's commenting on our culture <laughs> um, and how sort of uh, superficial it's all become and, and uh, frivolous and, and also to do with my own sort of obsessive compulsive behavior like behavior and thinking you know I get really obsessed by things and, and to the to sort of the complete um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say like I just I get obsessed and then there's no room for anything else so I think uh, the, the album's been getting really great reviews and a, a term that I keep seeing come up, another term, that you may, may or may not have said is spiritual successor to the first Garbage record. And I'm not sure if you actually said that, but it does... I wish I'd said that. You did? <laughs> okay. But it does kind of make sense as you, you just celebrated the 20th anniversary mm. last year and you spent a lot of time with those songs and touring on that. Would you say that that album did inform this one more than the albums in between well to be honest we'd already written strange little birds before we went out on the anniversary tour mm. and i sort of scoffed initially at journalists describing the new record that way but i think in retrospect because we were doing a lot of unearthing of, of content that surrounded the first record the debut i think in retrospect probably it, w it was coloring our our sort of uh, psychology mm -hmm. So I, I think maybe that did have play a role in making Strange Little Birds, but we weren't aware of it at the time. And uh, I wanted to ask about the, the title quickly. Is that, um, you, you mentioned cartoon characters. Is that like kind of talking about the cartoon characters that the, uh, that the world presents themselves as, or is that a reference to yourselves? It's really about, uh, it's a reference to humanity, I suppose. Like I think more and more in our culture, we're becoming obsessed about what, what the differences are between each each of us you know whether it's each country whether it's each uh, political side and so on and so forth and ultimately I just think we're all a little odd to one another We've, we all struggle to understand one another but that is again really important to society that we have all different views and all different standpoints and so Strange Little Birds felt to us like it was a universal title that basically spoke of people mm -hmm. whether it's you or everyone sure. else or everyone yeah. together one of my favorite songs I want to ask you about is uh, Teaching Little Fingers to Play, partly because you used one of my favorite songwriting 
tricks or gimmicks where you reference your own songs within your songs. <laughs> I, well, who did? Do you think the Beatles did that first with Glass Onion? I can't think of anyone who did it. Plenty they, of bands have done that. But. I think Beatles probably were the first to do everything, quite yeah. frankly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did self-reference, or should I say, I self-referenced, <laughs> and we and we thought it was kind of cute, so we kept it in. But also, it's it's very true. I mean, when I was younger, I really did think somebody else would fix my life for me. I really did. And somehow I didn't allow myself to sort of be empowered that way. And now I've gotten older, I have empowered myself. And I realize that the only person that can engineer my own life, my own happiness is me. It also, I feel like, gives more like weight and gravity to the song because it's pulling from things that you've said about yourself and in your songs in the past that gives an extra... I think just the fact that I'm about to hit 50 is what gives me gravity, you know? <laughs> the thing is, you know, when you first come out as an artist, when you're young, you don't have any gravitas at all. Nobody's going to give it to you whatsoever. And you have to prove yourself, you know? And now that the band's been around for about 20, well, 21 years, I don't think we feel we have to prove ourselves to anybody. And if anybody's going to doubt us, they can go suck it, you know? Because I think we've survived where others have failed. And... Yeah, I think we know we can do certain things better than a lot of, of artists out there, and that's why we've enjoyed a long career. Before we turn on the mics, we were talking about the radio festival you played in 99. Mm. I think you've outlasted all but one of the bands on that bill, so you're definitely doing a lot more. Yeah, I mean, I don't think work. anybody, when we first came out, thought we would last, you know, because I think everybody felt we were some kind of gimmick, you know, like a superstar producer finds, you know, a girl with a nice voice and puts together a group that was initially supposed to be a studio enterprise. And of course, we turned into this sort of touring beast. And we have enjoyed a longevity, in part, mostly in part to the fans, because we haven't enjoyed loyalty from the media necessarily or from TV. Uh, and we've certainly not necessarily remained a, a cultural zeitgeist the way we once were, but we've had an incredible loyal following that's allowed us this incredible career that we feel really privileged to enjoy. Well, let's hear uh, Teaching Little Fingers to play right now from the new garbage record, Strange Little Birds, on Why Not Radio. Uh.
It's Why Not Radio, and that is Garbage teaching Little Fingers to play. Uh, Josh and Joey here backstage at the Fillmore with Shirley Manson. And uh, you mentioned way back earlier in the interview talking about the, the heavy things going in the world today. Uh, you just missed the Democratic National Convention coming through Philadelphia. We did. And I think you were in Ohio just before the Republican Convention started. We so were. You're sort of circling <laughs> the weird politics of America right now. Yeah. It's an intense time. You know, it's, it's fascinating to watch, but it really does seem to be a strange time in American politics for sure. The stakes are very, very high and people seem to be unwilling to come to any form of compromise or really truly debate complex issues with any real seriousness or willingness to compromise. I, I find it really, yeah, worrying. Do you still look at it as like almost an outsider? Because I mean, you've lived here obviously for almost 20 years or so. I feel both, you know, I feel mm -hmm. both an outsider because I don't have a vote, but I also love America so much. It gave me everything in my life, including my beautiful husband. You know, I have so much passion for America and I, I'm so I'm aghast as an outsider. And also I feel really concerned as, as someone who lives here, who's made my life here. And then on the other hand, you're sort of outside of Scotland right now. All mm. that stuff's going on yeah. back home. It's just... It's part and parcel. I'm just an outsider. That's just how my life has to be. Going back to talking about music, something that occurred to me is in the uh, the last few years, you've worked with a lot of musicians who probably came up, if not grew up, uh, listening to Garbage and being fans and being influenced by Garbage, uh, like uh, the Screaming Females, Brian Albert, uh, Terry from uh, Le Butcherette, Sky Ferreira. Brody Dahl, and uh, you're on tour now with Kristen Control, who's even said her first show was a garbage show. Mm. So, I mean, that's got to make you feel something that all these musicians uh, who are doing great work now, that garbage meant something to them. No, of course. I mean, it's, a, it's great to be part of a patchwork of artists, you know, both contemporary and, and those who are coming up behind us. And to be able to enjoy their talents is, is a real privilege for us. You know, we enjoy it and they, te they teach us stuff. So, you know, it all works out in a really weird and wonderful way. Mm -hmm. Has there been a particular moment with any of, any of those people or other people that's really left a, a mark? I don't know. The one that sort of sticks in my mind just because it's the most recent is we got a massive shout out from Adele in Glastonbury, oh which, gosh. you know, we were really surprised by, you know, it wasn't something we expected to hear coming out of Adele's mouth at all, you know. But to know that, yeah, she came out and watched us play Glastonbury. We were headlining Glastonbury and she decided right there and then that's what she wanted to do with her life. And, you know, when you hear stories like that, whether it be Adele or Katy Perry has given us a lot of love in the press, Lady Gaga... You know, a lot of artists have, have said that garbage played a big role in their life. And yeah, it's a it's delightful, actually. Uh, well, garbage, certainly I mean, we're not musicians, but it's played a large role in our lives. And I was thinking about that 20 years ago this month was when I first saw you on the tour with the Smashing Pumpkins. Wow. And that's always going to be one of my favorite concerts. And I told this oh. to, to Butch and, and Duke last uh, a few years ago as well. And I, I was just, you know, looking back on that tour, uh, I know it took a bad turn after uh, about, a, I think it was about a week after mm -hmm. you were here, but um, are there recollect good recollections that you have? Of, oh my God, of it was my favorite tour ever, just because it was our first major tour. It was the first time we ever stepped on stage in stadiums. I was a huge, you know, Smashing Pumpkins fan. I loved Darcy. We were tight on tour. We became really good buddies. 
I, I adore Billy, even though he's a difficult soul. He's also <laughs> a wonderful person and a great artist. And you're right, like things took a really sad turn when Jonathan Melvine um, had a terrible overdose and it, it was really tragic. It also served as an incredible lesson to all of us to be really careful out in the road. You know, there's so many temptations for musicians and so many people wanting to hang around and offer musicians drugs. And I don't know, it was a really good lesson to be taught even though it was through tragedy. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing tour. I, I remember feeling lovesick the whole time I was on tour with the Pumpkins. It just felt like I, my wildest dreams were coming true. And it was a gorgeous time in music too, because it was all alternative music that was really ruling supreme. And that's never happened since. It certainly didn't happen before. So it was a real, for someone like me who loves alternative, it was like, it was my dream era. Me too. <laughs> um. <laughs> And again, going back, and this is something we also uh, asked uh, Butch and Duke to pick from the vast garbage catalog. Uh, and uh, they, do you remember which B-side they picked? Yeah, because I just listened to the interview. There. They picked Honey Bee, which was a, I think Duke just wanted to stump us, basically. Ooh. But he didn't. <laughs> you found it. So yeah, pick, pick any garbage song. We'll play that and then we'll come back and talk a little more. I'd like you to play Time Will Destroy Everything, which is a B-side on... Uh, special edition vinyl that we released with I think the the A side is a duet with us and with with me and Brody Dahl singing oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and on the B side is this I think fantastic garbage B side called Time Will Destroy Everything. We were just looking up that the other the song in Brody because I was saying oh yeah she's worked with Brody too duh. Oh big fan of hers as well. Oh what's not to love about Brody Dahl? <laughs> she's amazing. And her husband and Oh my god, yeah. I mean the pair of them are like the sexiest, hottest pair in rock and roll. It's so <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like when they've come to see our shows, they've stepped backstage and they walk in and it's like, I don't know, Elvis and Priscilla have just arrived. <laughs> That's rad. I think I have I think somebody ripped the vinyl at some point and I have it. <laughs> I'm very disapproving. He didn't say that. <laughs> Call the police uh, well, immediately. Arrest this man. The cuffs are on, or they will be when we come back, uh, with <laughs> Shirley from Garbage here. here on Why Not Radio.
Why Not Radio, that was Time Will Destroy Everything by Garbage, chosen by Shirley Manson, sitting here right with us backstage at the Fillmore. Our favorite Terminator is back Yes, that's me. That's you. Sorry, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> it's his birthday today. Is it really? Yes. Happy birthday. <laughs> I always said uh, near the end of that show, I was like, I wish they would just do a show about the robots, like you and Summer Glowen and John Henry go off and have adventures and just leave the humans out of it. I think everybody felt a wee bit like that towards the end, just because, <laughs> I mean, Terminators are fascinating, yeah? And, and our, our current world is moving more and more towards robots. And the, 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 the reality is coming true. I mean, we are, we're sending you know, robots into warfare and they, they are fascinating. And I love that whole sort of um, like, like just world of Terminators. I always have. It's funny, you mentioned Game of Thrones earlier. You got to work with Lena Headey before she was Cersei. I got to, to work with Lena long before she was Cersei. And, and I remember her saying, oh, I've got this, you know, this gig. I have to move to Ireland for a bit. And I, yeah, I don't know how it's going to pan out. <laughs> and then it turned out to be Game of Thrones. And she was like this badass queen and really cool. I'm happy for her. I think it worked out pretty well. It worked out pretty well for her. <laughs> well, I think it is uh, about time to wrap things up. It's been a pleasure. No, don't leave me. Oh, we'll stay. We'll stay. Uh, also, you mentioned earlier, but we want you a happy birthday, happy early birthday. It's in a couple of weeks. Mm, so. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to hit my first half century. I can't believe it. 
you're two days after me, so it's easy to remember. 28th? No, the other way. Oh, <laughs> I'm after you. Yes. 24th you are. Yes. Interesting. Okay, are you a Leo or a Virgo? I'm a Virgo. Okay. Yeah, well, happy birthday us both. Woo. <laughs> happy birthday to you both. Yes. Mine's passed. <laughs> well, we want to go out with one more from the great new album, Strange Little Birds, and uh, Artist Choice. Oh, okay, now you put me on the spot. I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to ask you to play So We Can Stay Alive. Because to me, the song is very pertinent to our times. And also it's badass. Yeah, you'll get no argument here because that's (laughs) maybe my favorite on the album. Good choice. It's that and Magnetized. Men with Taste. Magnetized is going to be the next European single, apparently. But uh, So We Can Stay Alive is my jam. All right. Well, our jam too. Thank you so much, Shirley Manson. Thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much. And love to all our fans. We love you. So we can stay alive. Garbage from Strange Little Birds on Why Not Radio.
Hi, this is Shirley Manson from Garbage and you're listening to Why Not Radio.
Dutch artist Amber Arcades from the Netherlands. I don't know why you call people from the Netherlands Dutch, but you do. That was Fading Lines from her album of the same name here on Why Not Radio at KX93.5. And before that, wrapping up our interview with Shirley Manson of Garbage, she picked So We Can Stay Alive from the new album Strange Little Birds. And I really, really hope that you enjoyed that interview, uh, even a fraction as much as I enjoyed conducting it and uh, just having the chance to sit down with Shirley for like 25 minutes and and talking to her. It was uh, made my year, (laughs) to be honest. Well, I'm Josh T. Landau, and uh, I'm going to wrap up tonight with a band from the UK, Beach Baby, who are going to be releasing their full-length debut, No Mind, No Money, which is made up of a lot of songs that they've released as singles over the last couple years. This one is called Limousine. To close things out tonight, I will catch you next week here on Why Not Radio. Have a great week, and good night. It's Beach Baby. (laughs) 